keep swinging, keep swinging, keep swinging. Was that uh, a team that is undefeated or a team that can't win a game? Stay tuned to Snap Judgments <laughs> presented by Byers Auto to find out. That is Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. Uh, that was weird. Very somber. I don't... Like, this team hasn't lost the game. Yeah, we're not good enough on offense. We can talk about okay. that. I, I'm not saying that nitpicking is not warranted, or but, like, the sky isn't falling on Ohio State. I don't... Uh, no, I, oh, I didn't think that was the sky is falling press conference <clears throat> you did? Not from Ryan Day. I think the tone coming well, the, towards The it. ground is opening up, perhaps. All right. I, um, I don't know. Maybe it They're was... going to play the... Maybe the best defense in the country in two weeks, and their All offense right. stinks right now. I think, I think these are valid questions. Okay. Half of their offense stinks. They have the best passing attack in the Big Ten. Half of the offense stinks. The other half is is okay. Best, best passing offense in the Big Ten is That's not the compliment. Half, half, half of the offense stinks. The other half is okay. Uh, one, one is very bad, and the other is struggling with early efficiency. Yeah. I think is, yeah, is what I would say, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's... We'll see you later. So that's a good place to go. I mean, I just... I think we can talk about that. I don't I don't think it's wrong to suggest that there are areas that Ohio State can get better. It feels like there was not any, I don't know, acknowledgement that there are things that are positive for Ohio State right now. Yeah. And Ryan Day was trying to make that point, that even when it comes to the rushing attack, yeah, there's a lot of things that he can go down the list. But they don't feel like the personnel is bad. They don't feel like... On the offensive line, they don't feel like the running backs can't do it. Uh, he said that there were certainly some calls that he wanted back. So, like, we can definitely talk about all that, and we will. But it's not – I just – sometimes I sit through a half hour in there and can include my questions in this as well. And it's like you forget that this team didn't play Penn State on Saturday and they don't play them this week. And winning games is still hard and valuable, but yeah, maybe maybe I'm way off base on that. No, I I don't think you're off base. I just, I just think it's like everything. What happens if this doesn't get better? I think is what is in the back of everyone's mind. It's certainly in the, in the back of my mind. It does not mean that it can't get better. It just needs to. And the fact that they did not look tremendous coming out of the gates on offense against Maryland after having the week off probably creates some doubt in people's minds as to whether it can get to the level that it needs to get to for this team to win a championship. That's what mm-hmm. it's about. Like it's plenty fine for them to beat Maryland by 20 points. It's probably plenty fine for them to beat Purdue and everyone else they've played to this point. I don't think what we've seen so far is going to be good enough to beat Penn state and Michigan. And that's what it's all about. Yep. Do you think, sorry, bro, I'm, no, I'm going to let cool. you go. No, no. Do you think in happy Valley, when James Franklin is tied 10, 10 with Northwestern, that the entire next week is like, well, that's not good enough to beat Ohio state. I mean, I don't know. I don't pay close enough yeah, attention. Yeah, no, that's a fair question. I don't know, but the there are different programs with different standards. And their expectation is we have to get to Ohio State. Ohio State says we have to win a national championship. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm just asking. We I, both, Bill and I both, in, in today's press conference with Ryan Day, tried, I think, to get him to just talk a little bit about, like, are you changing anything philosophy-wise? Yes. And the answer was a resounding, nope, not changing anything philosophy-wise, right? He's talked... We've talked about it here before. We've talked about it after the Alabama game. Is it execution? Is it personnel? Or is it um, scheme? And today it seemed like he pretty firmly put it all on execution. That the players and the coaches are not doing a good enough job. He said multiple times he liked the scheme that they had against Maryland and, and thought it was the right scheme, but just didn't get executed correctly. Your question, which was, are you doing the things that this group can do didn't get answered. 
Like, right. I don't know if this offensive line, which is the the start of everything, right? That that is the that is the baseline of all of the offensive problems. If they're not doing things that they can do, how does it get fixed without a philosophical change by Ryan Day? And I asked him, like, the defense, Jim Knowles, we talked about it again with him today. Like, he has changed his philosophy heading into this season. Doug asked, like, if you can throw the ball like that, why not just throw it all the time if you can't run? Like, there is a a moment here coming, whether it's Penn State, whether it, you get past Penn State and it happens at Michigan. There's a moment coming when Ohio State is going to be faced with the reality of the situation that they did not change enough to get better at what they're doing poorly and that's what i'm concerned about as as a guy who grew up an ohio state fan and somebody who's watching this team they don't seem to take the steps to get better and that's what's confusing because you can say it we're going to get better we're going to keep swinging but when nothing changes then what 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 are you supposed to expect that then it's all just on execution he said we have to coach them better we have they have to like so is that it is that is that that's the answer I don't know that that's necessarily the wrong way to look at it. I, I think we would all three stand here and say, probably seen enough stretching the boundary. I don't think Ryan Day agrees with that. And part of coaching with, again, three new starters on the offensive line and a new starting quarterback is that they have to go do it and execute it and get reps in the game. Mm-hmm. And so I can sort of understand his perspective that like trying to come up with an entirely new playbook is probably not the best use of that. They've been trying to teach this one to these guys who are executing it for the first time. And they've only had the benefit of five games of doing that. Um, and again, I'm not I'm not meaning to like pretend everything is okay with Ohio State or that the questions were out of line or any part of that today uh, on a Tuesday in the Woody. It's just like there is a part of this where you have to continue to improve at it over the course of the year. Would you have said in 2014, like, that scheme's not going to work. Like Taylor Decker can't. He's never going to get any better. He's not going to block anybody. Like you had to keep playing the games and get better at it and improve. So, like I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, uh, maybe it won't. But I don't. I'm the more I think about it, the less it's like. Well, you have to just change no. the entire playbook yeah. to suit this personnel. Like I don't, I don't. I don't know that that will help the program. And no one. I don't think any of us are saying personnel changes need to happen. Like this. These are your guys. This is who you've run with. If you're not changing it heading into Purdue, you're not changing it. We understand that. So. If you're not changing philosophically, then how do you, do you coach better? Or do you coach different? Like what what's is there a difference between different and better? Like you are coaching this scheme. This is what you're doing. If you and you you talked about it, Bill. Like the, the Ohio State running offense seems to be better when it's just straight ahead and between the tackles and go. Uh, so why not just do that more often? Like yeah, because that's not they do that. It's yeah. not a wholesale. That stuff's in the playbook. Has been in the playbook the entire time. Ryan Day has been here. He chooses to accentuate wide zone runs because of all the stuff they give you of a play action, which I think is sound logic so long as they actually run play action pass. I would contend they don't do enough of it um, to warrant how much they run that particular run play. And also, they're just not good at it. So why do you keep doing it? Which is what I tried to ask Ryan Day in a way that was like less combative than the way I just said it, like, <laughs> like trying to get trying to get information. And he, I don't know, I guess he didn't really want to go there. I thought he did. Like we, This is not the first time we've had a press conference like this where we're just sort of like, what's up? And I think when we've had it in the past, I think it's been all execution. I actually thought there was more ownership of play calls and scheme today than maybe we've heard from him in the past. What does that mean? I have no idea, but I I wanted to at least acknowledge that because that did feel a little different to me. Yeah. Uh, It's a hard one to to wrap your mind around because I, I certainly understand the temptation to look at what happened on Saturday, which, again, was a 20 point win over a team that Berm said is the fourth best in the Big Ten. Like that should 
count for something, and they figured it out, and they scored 37 yeah, but in the it last does 44 count for points. Something. I mean, it does count for something. You saw improvement in the second half. They were really good in the second half, yeah. And so well, the, question, the, ball, anyway. the question is, and defensively, they were have, pr pretty good, yeah, especially in the second half. Like, So you, the problem is, I think, for most people is that you didn't seem to look all that different from week one to week five. Right, and that to me is the biggest head scratcher. So well, I think they did. I think the passing attack dramatically different. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I, I, Kyle McCord's certainly more comfortable in, in rhythm and throwing the ball, but it's not like he came out of the gates, you know, humming or anything like that. Offensive line looks pretty much the same. It was a twenty point win in week one against a bad Indiana team, to a twenty point win in week six against an okay Maryland team. Right. So, uh, they're fourth and best in the Big Ten, but they're an okay team. They're a top 35 team in the country. So, but the problem is you're Ohio State. So, what is Ohio State doing to get better from one to five? And that, it just doesn't show up on film or on Saturdays yet. So, that's the, I think, speaking for America, also America, if you're watching this, please go to Twitter and tell Spencer Holbrook happy birthday. Um, but, like, I think that's the concern for America who watches Ohio State. Like, hey, this doesn't look any markedly different from week one to five. So what? What's where's? how do you get confidence that it's going to look different from five to seven? Yeah, I mean, I think the main issue is that it just doesn't look like it normally does. Like, it's I don't, I don't think it's a bad offense. Like, the fact that they do lead the Big Ten in passing is, like, worth mentioning. And total yards. It's like they're not with one fundamentally than broken. There are some like process questions that I have about the way they're choosing to go about business, but like the second half against Maryland was was quite good, I think. And if you can build on that and like that's your offense moving forward, which was I thought uh, more intentional play action pass calls that like get Kate Stover open and get Marvin Harrison open, and they just weren't doing a lot of that. Or maybe they weren't hitting on it in the first half. Like it was it was odd to me that they continue to run stretching the boundary, stretching the boundary, stretching the boundary, and then, like, don't do the things that that sets up after. But then they did get to it in the second half. So, like, if they're going to run that play, and they're not going to stop, right? That's We know they're we not talk about stop. it all the time. They're not going to stop. That's their play. That's fine. That's their bread-and-butter play, and a lot of the offense is built off of that. Then they just need to lean into that more, I think. It was, there was a little bit of a disconnect there for me in the first half of that game, but the second yeah. half was, was good. Don't you prefer run plays that if you're going to lose yards on it, you lose one instead of four? <laughs> they are not losing. The weird thing is, like, they're not really losing yards. They're just a lot of like two-yard runs, yeah. which are they're getting, I think, like one one and a half yards before contact. Yeah, and then once they get contacted, that's the it's end. down. Yeah, which is like it's not merely an offensive line conversation. It's also some of the edge blocking with the wide receivers and with yeah. The tight it's ends. also like, running backs like run through a tackle from time to time. They're not doing that enough either. Like it's all it's a yeah. there's a lot going on with the run game. It's not as Ryan Day said. Like if there was one thing that was ailing it, I think they would fix the one thing, but. And it's like play to play, something different pops up. But but I really do think they just cannot execute the play they want to run the most all that well. So I'm curious if they shift away from it at all as we move forward here. Which we know they won't. So what else do we hear today? Emeka uh, Buka. Buka. Didn't yeah. sound like he was going to play on Saturday, right? The way that that was described, when Ryan Day says it is not a long-term issue, that means, generally speaking, that person is not going to play on Saturday. It's a near-term issue. It is a short-term <laughs> issue. And... We mentioned this the other day, uh, coming out of it. Uh, if it's dicey and you're playing Purdue, you don't have to push it. Again, Ohio State is a 19.5-point favorite going on the road. Yes, Purdue and Ross State Stadium is a place where weird stuff happens. Um, but Ohio State should win that game with or without a Mecca and the Penn State matchup is far more important. So as I stand here right now, I would say 
Mecca Buka unlikely to play. We'll see. That's going to they're going to, well, the two things that Ryan Day says that you have to pay attention to when he says them. Not long term. We'll evaluate it as the week goes on. That means Mecca Buka, as we stand here right now on a Tuesday, is not going to play. That would be my guess, um, which is fine. Like I, I guess you want them, right? You want them whenever you can have them. I think this is a game where you can maybe afford to not have them. What do you think it means if he doesn't play? Like just like two tight ends all the time and Julian Fleming, or like do we see Carnell Tate? Uh, I think it's Brandon Xavier Innes? Johnson. Xavier Johnson. I mean, I, my personal preference would be Brandon Ennis in that role. I think that this is the perfect opportunity to take a kid who's already played five games, so he has no red shirt. Like, see what he can do. You're you're not going to lose at Purdue unless you do something crazy. Mm. So go out I there. I can't believe a lifelong Ohio State fan <laughs> this, would say that. This is a beat up Purdue team. This is not. This is they don't. Their their weapons are not there. There's no so I actually wanted to ask you because like so if the only game of Purdue that I've covered was the Rondell Moore game. Yeah. The other losses were 2011, 2011, 2009, year. 2004, 2000 and or 2000, 2009, 2011, 2018. So two and f- two and what four. What was the deal in the in the early two Okay. And the god Joe Tiller. Um, And then ultimately the Cooper years, you just had Terrell Pryor who played an awful game in 2009. Um, 2011, I don't even remember. It was just a nightmare. Uh, 2011 was a nightmare. Weird season. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, if you remember though, 2012, Ohio State had to have Kenny Guyton pull out all the stops to beat them the next year in Ohio Stadium. So it's just, uh, this is not that Purdue team. Uh, Hudson Card is a capable quarterback. But he's been hurt. He played very poorly against Iowa because he's hurt. If Ohio State can hit him early in the game, this will be a a comfortable win. Should be. So you should be able to get guys like Brandon Ennis and Carnell Tate a lot of opportunity in this game to really see what they can do on the road in the Big Ten. Good environment. It will be early enough. It's supposed um, to rain. It's supposed to rain. So you'll you'll get some. Don't like it. You'll get some opportunity for those guys. But I think my initial thought is Xavier Johnson is yeah. the guy that will fill in that role. Yeah, if you're going because Trayvon Henderson will be back also. So. Yep. You're going to West Lafayette. You just expect the worst. I mean, that's far enough. It is weird. Last week, like I looked at all the weather all week, and I was like, I know it could. I even said it. I think on our show on Tuesday, like it could rain on Saturday, but I didn't bring rain gear because I'm like, it's fine. This week, if it if the forecast today said 75 and sunny on Saturday, I'm bringing rain gear. Yeah, there's no chance yeah. that that's going to happen. No matter what. All right. Uh, I that, did. I did ask about Dallin Hayden. Yeah. Who is that's, apparently redshirting? That's that was a pretty informative answer. I was thinking yeah. about that while we were getting set up here and here's how i can see it so because i don't understand why you didn't play him last week so he has four games right he's played one you can play him in four and still redshirt so the explanation doesn't entirely add up unless you're thinking long term and your your expectation for ohio state is michigan state and minnesota games are going to be light load days for your running backs to get ready for a hammer fest against michigan right okay so maybe you're thinking he's your guy in those games. And then you have another one just in case of injuries or something. It's pro- Yeah, I, I don't know that – I mean, we're speculating, so I don't know that you're – I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, I'm I definitely think, speculating. I think that it, it may well be a situation where you want every bullet available to you if you make it to the postseason. Yeah. Um, and clearly, like, getting past Maryland wasn't a case where you had to break that Dallin Hayden glass and put him in there. So, you know, whether that means – it may not be the load management in November. It may be Michigan, Indianapolis, yeah. college football playoff. Yeah. Like it, it, that may be the case. But. You never know. But it, Ryan Day said he's taking it fine. He's he's happy with the way things are. 
And that's really the important thing. There's three running backs in that room playing ahead of him. All of them are going to be gone after this season. So mm-hmm. here, here's your shot. I would uh, tap, think I would tap the brakes on that based on what I was told. I am pushing gas. Okay. He's all gas, no brakes, this guy. I don't I don't believe in brakes. All right. Oh. I, I was told pretty anti brake guy. Pretty definitively that a, a belief that all three of those guys will be gone is not correct. But we'll it's still a long way to go. Well, this I guess we'll see if it's me being right or the ether being correct. You can't big moment. Why would you bet against the ether? I believe in myself. Okay. Well, big bet on myself, guys. That's true. Uh, what about Jim Knowles? What'd you make of that conversation? He likes to say like that he's not comfortable, and every time we ask him, like, how happy are you with how while you're playing? He's always like, I'm not happy. Um, <laughs> I think if he gave us some truth serum, he'd be pretty happy with the way that that group is playing right now. There are definitely things to clean up. Like it's third down, third and short, actually. They have not been particularly good. Um, third and anything else, they've been great, but third and short has been a little bit of a, of a bugaboo for them. But I think he has a really good feel for what these guys can do, what adjustments need to be made, um, when to ratchet up that aggression, when to pull it back, when the show disguises, when to actually do stuff. Like, I think he's hitting a lot of the right buttons right now and um, just has a lot of confidence in what they're able to do. I've got, I've been I'm trying to figure out this metaphor in my head about what I think about Jim Let's, Knowles, let's right? workshop okay. it. Jim Knowles to me is a guy who goes to the doctor, right? And they say, look, you need to make some serious life changes. Otherwise, you're going to die, right? Mm. And they're like, we need you to exercise all the time, eat a lot healthier, don't drink, don't do all the stuff that everyone likes to do, right? Then six months later, they see him and the doctor's like, man, you look great. You're in perfect condition. This is an incredible turnaround. How do you feel? I feel terrible. I want a damn beer. (laughs) You know, like, I think that's the guy. Like, you know what you're doing is best for you, but I don't think it feels good because his nature is to attack, attack, attack. And I think that it's like, it must be difficult for a guy who's that established in his career to have spent this much time building this reputation to have to go, damn it, I cannot have that steak, you know? <laughs> well, if he sold him a trophy at the end of the year instead of a steak, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, I'm saying maybe then he'll be happy about it. But until <laughs> yeah. then, you're just constantly like, just, It's just him holding the trophy, just yeah. like real pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> Great, okay. I can't believe we're here. Cigar. <laughs> Doc, well, I don't think he stopped Dr. smoking cigars. And if he was at the haunted house last night, that's probably how he's surviving. Is that he still got his cigars and yeah. he's winning every game? Which he, yeah, I mean, he's doing the right thing. So I wanted to ask him today. I didn't get a chance to, but the the question of as a coordinator, you're watching everything in practice. You're not as drilled down with each individual group. How much input does Jim Knowles actually have in what's going on with Larry Johnson's group with? The linebackers with Perry Eliano's group, with Tim Walton's group. Like, I want to know on a granular level how much actual conversation they're having about that. Because I'm sitting here, it's October the 10th. The, off- the defensive line's been good. I'm not going to even say that they're not. But, like, how does Mitchell Melton not play in that game on Saturday? Like, number one, he's from Maryland, okay? So it's like there's that, like, aspect of things that normally Ohio State's like, oh, you know, you're playing your home team. You got a bunch of people. Like, how does he not play in this game? He's played, like, two snaps all, all yeah. year. Like, they were pretty good, too. So let's just mix things up a little bit. And that's all. And I want to know how much input he actually has or how much input Ryan Day actually has in this. Because it, it seems to me like there's just a strange... There's a handful of guys who are like, huh, why is that guy not playing? I don't even get it. And then there's nothing wrong with them. But it doesn't seem, the way that Jim Knowles talks about it, that he is meddling with Larry Johnson's lineup. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, I, I get it. Again, the defensive line's playing well. I'm not criticizing the current group. I just think that you can add more to it. Like if 
here we are going into week seven, game six, like you have an opportunity to add some wrinkles with guys like Mitchell Melton who sprinkle a little curry on it. Sprinkle a little curry on it, put a little, little melt you know, put a little melting pot in there and oh, sprinkle boy. a little curry on it. And and you have an opportunity to do different things. And as you're getting further into the year, like that's how you do what he says. It's like stay unpredictable. Like let's throw something else Maybe out. Maybe he's saving it. Oh, I didn't even think about that. You're gonna drop the fondue package on him against <laughs> Penn State. Mm, <laughs> fondue. Spicy. Put a little put a little spice in the pepper. A little, a little too spicy for the pepper. Right. I like Jim Knowles. I just like listening to the guy talk yeah. football. I really do appreciate it. He uh, he was asked about C- why CJ Hicks is not playing. The answer is uh, older guys in front of him who have played a lot of football and are productive. Which, Take that for whatever you want to, I guess. Then consider that Sonny Styles is playing a lot and he's younger than CJ Hicks. And Sonny he, did not have a Tommy and Steele in front of him. Yeah, I mean, that fair. certainly makes it more difficult. But uh, I, I was looking, I was going to ask you. That was my first thought today was to ask, like, hey, in the spring, you said he's on the cusp of break, of a breakout They're season. They're going to unleash him. They're going to unleash him. And now he's still leashed and, like, doing a good job on special teams. Like, he's active. He plays fast and aggressive out there. But, like, I want to know where what steps is he not hitting because it was – I think the point is that it's not – it doesn't have anything to do with that. I know, but he said specifically, well, Cody's earned more reps, which says Cody Simon's earned more reps and he's getting them, which to me – on the inverse, smack it up, flip it, rub it down, is that CJ Hicks has not earned more reps. So why not? Yeah. Are like, you making love to information? Is that- I'm saying <clears throat> smack it up, flip it, rub it down. CJ Hicks did not get said, well, he's earned more snaps. We just have to get them to him. That's different than saying he's ready to go if we need him. Yeah, but yeah. the part of the need is the most important part of all of that because mm. you have need. You have Tommy Steele and Cody Simon. I know. And he doesn't the, – the PFF grades don't necessarily agree with Jim Knowles still being comfortable. Like the linebacker play came up again as one of the many areas of this team that could potentially be improved or as a negative for, um, you know, a 5-0 and team. But, like, they're not worried about it. Steel Chambers talked about eye discipline coming out of Notre Dame. Like, did he have the best game on Saturday against Maryland? No. Missed a tackle, and he, he wound up getting benched. So there was a need in that game. And Jim Knowles put Cody Simon in it. I don't think that this is a situation where he is so entrenched with Tommy and Steele the way that he might have been last year that he refuses to put any other people in the game because no. he just did that on Saturday. I just want yeah. to see 37-17, eight minutes to go in the game. That's that's the time, 10 minutes in the game. Like, it's time. Put him out there and, and see what he can do. That's all. That, he th- needs to play more because he's going to play a lot. Right. Year. Like that – and. I guess they haven't, with the exception of Western Kentucky, they haven't had the 50 to 10 game where you definitely do that stuff. But and like up by 20 against Maryland with 10 minutes left, I think it's fairly. Think about how much Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers played in 2021 when they were very bad, right? Yeah. Like I know you're not in the same position now, but those guys are are valuable now because they played. Maybe even though they weren't ready to. Sometimes you just have to trust the guys to go out there and, and do what they do. So what else were they going to do? In that's my point. Like, I know you have options now, but you there is a benefit to getting guys on the field and saying, okay, well, now now's your opportunity. We head into the fourth quarter. It's 27-17. You can afford to put him out there for a series and see what happens in, a, in that situation. Maybe that's he's all. also part of the fondue package. Mm. All they can really do is keep swinging day after day. That's all that really matters, and that's the theme for Snappy Jays, brought to you by Byers Auto on a Tuesday in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center of Purdue Week. Thanks for joining us uh, for that breakdown. Let us know how you feel or how wrong I am about 
uh, the tenor of that Call press conference and everything else. Yeah, text that to me. I, I love hearing when I'm wrong, and that happens a lot. That's Bill Landis in Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. We'll talk to you later.